from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 8th. Happy Thursday to all of you. And welcome to Angela Poe Russell, who's filling in for G today. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here with you, Ursula. I am thrilled that you're here. It's been a minute since we've had a chance to work together. I want to just say to everybody who's listening, thank you so much. I know you came in for me quite a bit while I was gone, while I was in of, the Philippines. Of course. And I love we, you for that. We thank wanted you. you to be able to be present with your family. Yeah, and you know what? No it problem. was the biggest gift. So thank you so much for that. Okay, we're going to do a deep dive into all the interesting stories of the day. Coming up at 930 after Heather's newscast, what do you think of a year of free community college? And I know before even one text comes in, there are going to be people who say... It's not free. Okay, but let's just go with... <laughs> let's go with it. Yeah, we'll, we'll go, we'll with, go that with that, okay? It could become a reality, and we'll tell you why. Text us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, 888-973-5476, cairo And hey, if you're not already on our G and Ursula Show Facebook page, we've posted a couple of really fun things, and people are weighing in. Yesterday, Angela, we asked folks, where can you get the best pizza? Oh, do you have a favorite, by the way? Oh, okay, this is too much pressure because yeah, you have no, to, you, you know, I love it. pizza. Give me it. a few yeah. minutes because okay. I love, yeah. like, okay. pizza you, is you, my jam. You can come back, but a lot of people were weighing in, and it's all over our G and Ursula Show Facebook page. But right now, it's time for our top stories, brought to you by Wayscar Ford Isuzu in Auburn. And I hate to start with the bad news, but you are soon going to be paying up to 20% more to insure your car here in Washington. That's going to be the second biggest increase in car insurance premiums in the country for 2024. Why? Well, the number of serious car crashes are apparently going up each year. And, well, basically, it costs more to repair that damage. Aaron Van Tool with the State Office of the Insurance Commissioner tells King 5 News, you know, it could be worse. The good news is they're not as bad as some places in the country. Washington car owners pay about $130 a month on car insurance. And Angela, that is less than the national average of $165 per month. So we're all supposed to feel a little bit better about that. Gosh, you know, I appreciate them trying to offer the explanation, but no one, when you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're working two jobs, whatever, you know, your struggle may be, you don't want to hear that, hey, it's still better than everyone else. I know. It's, it's like hard. we also have really high sales taxes here. I mean, we are nickeled Gas and dime prices. to death. And here's the thing. I do appreciate the realities that insurance everywhere has gone up. Since the pandemic, have you noticed how much people speed? Anecdotally, yes. I saw it. I was like, what is going on with people? But apparently there's data to support it that in since before the pandemic, speeding violations have gone up 20%. 20%. So I so obviously you increase speed, you have more dramatic crashes, things like that. But 20 our insurance commissioner's office approved a 20 Four percent. I know. Increase. Like, could we settle for ten? Right. You know, exactly. five. And have you have you had your car repaired anytime recently? Because I have. Sadly, somehow it's, my Subaru. People like to bump it. It's not me. Bumping. I remember those stories. Oh yeah, it's, they're just attracted yeah, to your somehow car. Somehow, and and it happened again. I actually had to pick and choose which bumps I was going to have fixed because the other thing that happens is. People aren't insured and they're driving around, speeding around, and they don't have insurance. And my fear is that you keep increasing the the insurance rates, and this is going to be one more reason. Well, I I'm just going to stop it. paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like one. Th- it's one of those things you can't afford not to. But at the same time, 
there's only so much money in the pot, right? Yeah, and, and, and as you mentioned, with people driving crazy, you know, post-pandemic, uh, tra- traffic fatalities in the state of Washington went up significantly in twenty between 2018 to 2022. But for last year, when we get the numbers, the, the traffic fatalities are expected to be the highest in decades. Wow. So um, Ron texted us. He said that uh, he has USAA insurance and it went from 315 a month to 435 a month last year. Oh, dang. And what gets, way me, over the, what wow. gets me is that... Well, yeah, if you have multiple cars, too, oh, yeah. right? And, what gets me about it is you'll hear different organizations or, you know, companies, and they'll say, oh, we're only raising it by this. But when you add it all up, like, payroll or pay isn't keeping up with these oh. increases. And oh, that's yeah. the problem. Uh, yeah, we've seen, on average, pay increases are, like, 2 to 3%. Compared to when we're if, talking about double, right, if, if, exactly, if, if we're lucky, if you're lucky, Jeff, exactly. are, you, are you? Well, I mean, this is frustrating because this is one of the things where uh, the costs imposed on us are due to the behavior of others, others right? right? It is very frustrating. That being said, there is also a measure of personal financial responsibility in this because to some degree, you do control what your car insurance rate is depending on what car you drive. Do you really need the brand new car that's going to insure for 600 versus the car that's four years old that might insure for 400? So there are some ways that you can control your costs if you're willing to adjust what you drive. True. That is true, but you cannot. And it's still expensive. Exactly. But a 20% is a 20% increase. Come on, Chef. I had already. already, 300 or 400. Yeah. And and Chef, I had already picked my villain in this story. I'm just proud of my 15 year old car, okay? I'm feeling smart today. He's justifying that she was giving him a bad bad time about buying a used minivan. And and now. I I feel very smart today. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to. This story is really troubling, I got to say. Uh, A woman who was experiencing a life-threatening brain bleed, uh, was arrested in Thurston County by a trooper who accused her of being high on meth. You can see this story in the Seattle Times. They obtained a dash cam video from the night that Nicole McClure was pulled over, and she is now suing the state patrol. Get out of the car now! Get out of the car! Hands where I can see so this happened in March of 2022. Trooper Jonathan Barnes saw her driving too slowly and apparently swerving in her lane. And when he tried to pull her over, she kept driving and then ended up plowing into a barrier. Ma'am, was that thing used meth? I haven't used any meth. When? Was that thing used meth? I haven't. Not at all? No. What about heroin? No. No? Okay, so why do we work? Because I was feeling dizzy. Why were you feeling dizzy? I think I'm really tired. So being really tired makes you dizzy and then you start hitting barriers and stuff? I was confused. About what? Where I was. Why are you confused where you were? Because I think I'm tired. Okay. We're only giving you, that was 33 seconds. We gave you a total of 40 seconds. And uh, Chef, did you look at the entire, I, I watched the entirety yeah. of the video, but I, it, it was, it, it went on for Several minutes. Yeah, it it went on for a while. She was arrested for felony eluding of police and suspicion of DUI, but she was never given a sobriety test uh, along the the roadside. Uh, And it turns out, again, she had a a severe traumatic brain injury. A a portion of her skull was removed. You can see the picture in the Seattle Times. And in her lawsuit, she says she was left for more than 24 hours without medical attention in a jail cell. Uh, The lawsuit claims that staffers mocked her for being all strung out. Again, they were all assuming that she was on drugs, but it turned out she'd left work because she wasn't feeling well and she was driving, seemed to be impaired, 
but mm-hmm. actually had uh, this brain injury. So her attorney now says she cannot care for herself because of that severe traumatic brain injury. Wow. Yeah. So that lawsuit pending. You know, what struck me about this, I thought, okay, if I were in the police officer's shoes, I could see when I look at the symptoms of her condition and what drunk driving might look like, I could see where you could get that confused. The difference maker in this case is it sounds like there are processes in place already to help mitigate this kind of situation. Like you said, the field sobriety test. Yes. Also, um, apparently after there's a collision, they the officer should have called medics at that time. So if medics had been called, yes. then perhaps there may have been an intervention earlier. And, and then... You know, I actually found another case just like this. It happened in Edmond several years ago. Very similar situation. So it seems like there is enough history to be able to help guide and move us forward in a better way. Yeah. What I didn't understand in watching the video is how he went straight to where's the meth? You know, when was the last time you took meth? When there was no sobriety test, there was no it was based on the fact that she she uh, didn't stop and and um, bumped into or you know plowed into mm-hmm. the barrier i'm also surprised and 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 this is a complete stereotype but i'm just surprised that it was a state patrol trooper and i say that because sadly i have been pulled over twice i have never gotten a ticket mm-hmm. i've never gotten a ticket but i've been pulled over twice uh in the last 5 years both times driving while tired which I didn't plow. I, I, you know, as soon as the light went on, I pulled over. The troopers were very kind. I, I think that that that, that what I want and, and what I saw in this video, there was no de-escalation. Mm. And you know, always talk about those de-escalation techniques. He went straight into you know what were what was the meth? What was the the and the the questioning? You've got to check out the dash cam video, which mm-hmm. again. Would this lawsuit be possible if with without the without the video, right. which I think is very telling. Yeah, and, and the fact that it was discovered that she actually had this medical issue. Exactly. And, and apparently there's a form that I guess um, that you're, the officers are supposed to fill out after this said, sorry, let me start over. There's a form that they're supposed to fill out after these kind of arrest reports, and they crossed out the section that talked about the medical questions. Yes. So there are processes in place to prevent something like this, and I'm hoping we can learn from it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, here's... A very controversial bill, probably for some. If you have sex with somebody and later find out that they purposely didn't use a sexually protective device, a bill in Olympia would allow you to bring a civil suit against that person. It's called stealthing. And I don't know how common this is, but apparently it's enough to to bring it up in, in Olympia. So this bill, 1958, H, HB 1958, has now passed the House with a bipartisan vote, actually, and it moves on to the Senate. And unlike similar bills in other states, this one would expand beyond condoms. It would include dental dams, spermicides, cervical caps, and any other barrier meant to prevent pregnancy and the spread of sexually transmitted diseases. And if you violate this, you could pay up to per offense. I had no idea there was a name for this kind of thing. Stealthing. I knew it existed and it's something I have spoken to my daughters about and will continue to do so. And for those of you, maybe you've been in a relationship a long time and this hasn't happened to you, but I just want to break down how something like this might happen. So you decide to have relations with someone, consensual, (laughs) right? And a condom goes on. 
And then over the course of it, and again, I'm looking at this from the female perspective, the person sneaks and takes it off. And that stuff happens. And I had no, and it, and it becomes this gray area because you agree to have this, to have the relations, but yes. you did not agree yes. to do that. And then who do you call? What do you do? Right. So I think this is an innovative piece of legislation. Yeah. I hope it passes. I do wonder how you would how you would prove it or be able to make the case, but I like that there's it's almost something like there. you have to be harmed to prove it. Either you get the sexually transmitted disease or you are pregnant, right? Yeah. Uh, um, I, I like the idea as well. Yeah. And, and again, it, it is bipartisan, so maybe it, it, it's not that controversial, although I'm sure someone can figure out why it yeah. would be. Um, when I have those conversations, when I had the conversations with our son, so again, I'm mom of two boys. Yeah. Right. So the conversation looks a little different. I would tell them flat out, if you are, I, I'm just going to assume, you know, I, when you get into a serious relationship, and I hope that's when it is that you choose to to get intimate with somebody, assume that you the, the person you're with is not using birth control and assume that you have to protect yourself against potential diseases. Mm-hmm. It has to be your responsibility. Don't right. leave it to somebody else. You are responsible. And if you're not responsible, then be ready to either take care of a child until they're 18 years old or deal with a sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. I'm, I mean, glad, I'm glad you're having those discussions. <laughs> and I just feel like um, many times... Because of the nature of things. This is kind of hard to talk about on the radio. I'm trying to like use different words. Oh, I don't. <laughs> it's just it's, it's human nature. It can be really difficult, depending on what is going on, it can be really difficult to see when someone does something sneaky like that. It can be really difficult to see. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're doing this. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. like how often. Isn't this the, kind of I, I feel happens. like the intent of this is actually to make folks aware that this is not an acceptable thing to do that has potential legal consequences. But if you look around the world, there's countries like Germany, the UK, uh, Sweden that actually have criminal penalties for uh, cases like this, Canada as well. But the number of prosecutions that have happened is like under six for all of those countries. It's extremely rare to have a prosecution happen. So as a guy, I'm not particularly worried about, you know, someone slapping a fraudulent charge on me. However, having a law in place like this, I believe, opens up a conversation both amongst young men and young women about what acceptable sexual behavior looks like, including consent of birth control. Uh, And I think that's a really critical part of the conversation that hasn't happened. I'm glad you brought that up because Rob from Puyallup just said, does this cover women who claim they're on birth control but are actually not? Well, it should. Not with an IUD. Not with an IUD. Uh, I believe that uh, Michelle Caldier, Representative Caldier, argued for inclusion of IUDs in this bill, though it was not. I think Matt's going to have some more details for us on that at 10 o'clock. Okay. Good question. Yeah, that is a good question because it is a two-way street. I mean, absolutely. Uh, Both parties need to be protected. Okay, still ahead. So the question I posed at the very beginning of the show is, how would you feel about the state offering a year of free community college? And it very well could become a reality. So we'll talk about that next on the G and Ursula Show.
to the G and Ursula show. It is a Thursday morning. It's February 8th. G is off today. Angela Poe Russell is in. And this is going to hit close to home for you because one of your kids is about ready to go to college. Oh, yeah. How are you feeling away. about that? Um, it depends on the day. Some days I'm like, get out. <laughs> but most days I'm going to miss you. Yeah. yeah. It's spoiling the nest and then not wanting them to leave the nest. It's yes. kind of a, yeah, it's a back and forth for sure. Okay. So the question we posed is, should our state provide one year of free community college to every student in Washington? And uh, right now, uh, the lawmakers in Olympia are considering the Washington 13 free guarantee, which would mean your 13th year or essentially 45 credits of tuition would be free at community or technical colleges. And this would be for any student. Uh, you don't have to be a, a certain financial uh, level. Right. However, you have to do a couple of things. One, you would have to have graduated from high school. So, okay, that's a given. Um, you would have to enroll in a community college that serves your area. Okay. So this the idea of keeping local. And then this is the big one. You have to fill out the FAFSA student financial aid form and then get decent grades. Um, the FAFSA is a big thing. Oh, the FAFSA is annoying. It's all annoying. <laughs> it's so, it, it's time consuming. It is time. Apparently, yeah, we don't. Uh, people in Washington fill it out at lower rates than yeah. other parts of the country. The lowest rate. The lowest rate. Right. Yeah. Apparently, as of this fall, this is in the Everett Herald. As of this fall, about fifty-two percent of high school graduates in our state have completed the FAFSA, uh, and as recently as twenty twenty-two, we ranked forty-ninth among all states in terms of low completion rate. Yeah, I just, I love this idea for so many reasons. We know Seattle has had the Seattle Promise, a similar program for those who reside in the city for a while, and it's been super successful. What I like about it is, have you seen how much college costs these days? Uh, that <laughs> it, would be a yes. And so if you could have a more affordable experience starting off, um, then I think that it bodes well for just not having to come out with debt. The other piece of it, how many of you, did you know what you wanted to do when you first graduated from high school? And so why spend all of this money when you're not even sure what you want to do? It gives you that extra time, right? right? And what I also love about this bill, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Chef or Ursula, but it applies to technicals. Yes. Schools, too. Yes. So whether you want to go down the you know four year degree route or if you want to learn some kind of skill, it's for both. And I think that's awesome. So a, a couple of things. I, I, you, you make great points. Now, for our boys, we would have loved it if they would have chosen to go to community college, but they didn't. They chose to go. They wanted that whole. It was important to have that four year college experience. I don't know what your your uh, daughter is thinking. Oh, she right wants now. to get out of here. Yeah. Like yeah. she wants so, to get out of here and go and which and getting so, out of here means a lot more money. It's it does mean a lot more money. And I'm and I honestly I used, do you remember Susie Orman? Oh yeah. Okay. She always says Financial that with guru. kids they need some skin in the game. So yes. even if as parents we pay for some of it. I I, I worked in college. I worked Me at the too. store. I worked in the restaurant. I worked yes. everywhere. So I, I think it's tuition. important for them to have some skin in the game. Um, so, you know, someone from 206 said free college is not free. Taxpayers have to pay for that. That is true. But isn't this a good investment? If we say, hey, we don't um, if we want our economy to thrive, then education or learning a skill, the best way to do that. Yeah, so uh, it, it is, although there is conflicting data on that, because I wanted to see, like, what is the latest 
you know, what is the latest information oh, as, spill to, it. as to how much it helps you to have that college degree? And it is conflicting. So Georgetown University did research. And according to that research, the lifetime earning potential of a worker with a bachelor's degree is two point eight million without a degree. The expected earning power is one point six million. I mean, th- those figures feel a little bit low given everything that we're dealing with right now. But obviously, they're still saying um, that it helps to have that college degree. But in a study of universities in Massachusetts, college graduates were found to earn no more than high school graduates. Plus, it takes, you know, in many cases, or you're talking about the expense of college, it takes 20 years to recoup the cost of their tuition, money which could have been used to invest in a home, invest in uh, retirement savings or whatever. And every time we talk about college, we have people who say, I never went to college and I am making you know, $150,000, yeah. $200,000. And it's true. But I think on average, I think... It still is, if even just for an additional education. It's not for everybody, it, it but is, it can be helpful. It is true that you make more, typically, if you yes. have a degree. The difference is, if you had to get in debt to do so... Yes then you are back at the same, your earning potential, or I'd say your your accumulation of wealth is similar to those who maybe got a trade and did something else. Yes. So it for me, college makes sense if you can, if you don't have to get in a lot of debt, debt to do it. Yes. Or if you plan on going into a field that makes a ton of money. Yes, um, that's So I true. think about tech or maybe health, uh, maybe being a doctor, something like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's a really interesting conversation. It what is. Now, so, well, I was going to say that the, okay, so when people say, well, it, it comes from us, the taxpayers, and yes, that's, uh, that's mostly true. Uh, the three revenue sources would be the state's general fund, the Washington College Grant, and then the state's guaranteed education tuition program, uh, which is that 529 plan that allows families to buy tuition credits for students' future use. So there, again, would be some uh, skin in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I am a strong proponent. G and I have these conversations all the time. I mean, if I'm going to be investing in a car, in a house, or in education, I'm always going to go with education. Mm -hmm. Just proportionately, aside from our house, the cost of our kids' education is where we put most of our money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what? why I drive. That's why I drive a 2003 Honda Pilot. What could possibly be the downside <laughs> to this? I, I'm trying to figure out what the downside of this is. Offering students free college I, I, for well, one I think, year. I think for some people, it's why do I? I had to pay. I, I think it's that argument. Why should I pay for someone else's college when I had to pay for my own? Okay. Well, today's students are paying what eighty percent more than you paid back in your day. So your four years of school are costing the equivalent of what one and a half years of school today. Kids are still paying for their education. And if lawmakers aren't gonna do anything about tuition at the state level, they darn well well better do it at the at the community college level because that's the only option that family has have to reduce their cost mm-hmm. is community college. Great point. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to ask, though, why do you think we are the worst when it comes to filling out the FAFSA? Is it because we just don't need the money? I find that a little misleading because, like, 52% of us are filling out the FAFSA when we graduate high school, but only 50% of us are going to college. So, I mean, I understand there's a push to get every high school student to do it. Here's, well, you want to, yeah, you want to do it whether or not, because even if you get turned down or, you know, if you don't qualify... You've got that, and you know, and you've at least tried, because sometimes you'll be surprised. It's just, it's a simple qualifier for other things, well, too. Well, let me ask you this. When on the FAFSA, do they consider your home value? 
I believe that. Okay, because yeah, yeah. here's the deal. What some of these colleges expect you to do, and it's been said, they want you to pull from your um, equity to help pay for school. So I nice. guess my point is, if folks here aren't filling it out, it could be because we do have really high property values here. If you own a home, it's going to look like you're really rich. <laughs> it's going to look like you're really rich. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just wondering if that yeah. could be part of it in terms of why we're at the bottom on filling it out. Either that or we're just lazy. Yeah. You know, you know who'll know? Our listeners. Our listeners who either chose not to. Cliff and Woodenville said the FAFSA is brutal. Uh, I remember when we were in that in that time frame. It is brutal. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just a, you have to go through all the they're all paperwork. In, they're all and, in yeah. your business. Yes. And, and it's it's just <laughs> amazing to me that, you know, tuition keeps going up. And then there were the admissions office responses, you know, well, you can take out loans. And like, no. Yeah, I know exactly. I'm, no. If you can avoid. Yeah, if you can avoid. If you can. That would be great. Okay. Coming up and we need to talk. We're going to talk about this uh, Issaquah FedEx courier who has an, a once in a lifetime opportunity. But it's going to spin into a different conversation because do you like those customers? service ratings. Do you ever fill those out? I mean, unless, obviously, if you do Uber. When they ask me to, usually no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll talk about that next on the G and Ursula Show. Just a few days away from that big football game. And there is a FedEx courier who works out of Issaquah. And he's going to be delivering the Super Bowl game day ball onto the field this Sunday. And Cairo 7 TV had a chance to speak with Zach Borland. You don't want to know how he won this? Apparently, his customers love him. He got excellent reviews, and that's why he is heading to Vegas. Orland has never been to the Super Bowl and is hoping to not fumble the delivery of that game ball. They're asking me to uh, go to Vegas and take this ball into the field. It's just like, okay, that's cool. I'm just a simple little courier here, but all right. He could soon become America's most popular courier, unless you're in the San Francisco Bay Area. No, I'm not room for the 49ers. (laughs) Okay, first of all, brilliant marketing, FedEx. I mean, yeah. how many times are we going to say FedEx? So so that's brilliant marketing. But uh, Chef was bringing this up this morning, and um, it, it's a great question. Do you do those customer reviews, like when 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 you're asked, rate this, rate that? When I'm asked, no. But I do do Google reviews. So if I'm blown away by some type of service, I love going online and giving a review. But when people who I've interacted with for five seconds are like, hey, just so you know, if you take this survey and do this for me, then I will. Yeah. And it's not, and I get it. Like, I want to help out, but... It, when it doesn't come from that genuine place where we really interacted much, it's much more difficult to do. Yes, yes, yes. What yes. about you? Do you are you a survey person? Do you jump online and the place mm-hmm. I do the surveys is when I know that someone has gone first of all above and beyond, or someone helps me, or someone makes makes me feel like they really appreciate our relationship. Mm-hmm. And one place, and I get it, I get it. No one goes into a bank except me. I still go into a bank. Uh, we've I'd already go every established. Now and then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's someone who has helped me when I had to transfer money to my mom every month. Um, and I, yes, I did in a bank. There is a, they, they would tell me 
um, you're going to end up getting a survey. You're going to, and, and it just, it really helps me out if you fill it out. And yeah, of course I would do that. Mm-hmm. Because I know if their income is dependent on these surveys and anything below excellent service is something seen as very negative and hurts them, uh, then I'll do it. But I know, Chef, that you hate this whole customer. I, I don't like thing. it. I mean, having having worked in restaurants and seeing how reviews work of businesses, I can only fathom how this would operate on an individual level. And let's be clear, we ha- we have the opportunity to review everyone in a customer service position from our FedEx driver, like to the Wendy's clerk at the drive through to the lady at CVS or Bartels. And the amount of power that this can- gives consumers over people in customer service positions, I think is really gross. Because let's be clear about how reviews operate. You two are extraordinarily kind women. The vast majority of people are average. And when they have a terrible experience, they're posting a review, but nobody, largely speaking, is going online every time they have a superlative experience with someone. So what you get is people anonymously dumping on those in a customer service position in a way that a manager has no ability to fact check whatsoever. My raise, my career is based on the anonymous reviews of customers. Like that is crazy to See, me. See now I think that is poor business practice because you have to understand the way reviews work and you know that if people are posting anonymously if it's just this one random thing if it's a one off I don't think you give a lot of credence to that. If it's a theme that this is happening over and over again and it's a, it, it's involving one particular person I think that actually is a it is a valuable tool. I, I think I, I understand that it can be abused, but I mean, you said that Angela and I are extraordinarily kind, but I know that if you got really upset and and, and, and were treated poorly, I'm going to guess that you would not hesitate to write a bad review. I've written the bad one before. Yes. One. Yeah. I, yeah. Just one. Yeah. I yeah, have, otherwise I have I usually, one too. And, yeah. I, and, and you know what my motivation was? I was trying to warn other people. Like, it right. really wasn't from that place of, of trying, trying to make to someone look somebody. bad or get in trouble. Yeah. It really was about harm, you know, being done. And so, and it was, you know, organization. So that was, but yeah, I, I generally try to err on the side of giving people the benefit of the doubt. If it is bad service, maybe they're having a bad day and this is a one-off. I, you know, I think it's interesting because someone actually, it was Sue in Woodenville, she said, these reviews are used for the employees' reviews, and when they don't get any, it can be used against them. Is this true? Of course wow. it is. It's a substitute for, it's a substitute for good management, mm. because good management requires that you actually pay attention to what your employees are doing. You know what they do, you see how they interact, and you judge them accordingly. But if you're hands-off in a corporate office and you're deciding which employee is going to get a raise or yeah. who should be considered for a supervisor That's not position, good. what feedback are you using? Reviews. Yeah, that part, that part, that, that that would be, I would blame not the review system, but more the company policy if that's that's yeah. the only thing that you're using. And maybe like what you said earlier, maybe it's it's a tool. It's one tool. Not It can't be the whole of how you're judged as an employee. Yes, exactly. It should be exactly. Just used as a tool. It can't be the only thing. By the way. I know everyone's giggling, and I feel like I don't know I'm what just, everyone's giggling about. 206 just <laughs> sent in a note. Uh, by the way, just received a Cairo radio survey, which oh, says it might take funny. 20 minutes. Okay, and then I'm laughing because the last that few days, funny. since Monday, I have been harping about, please, 
leave us a review if you uh, if you listen to our podcast. So if you miss any part, if you missed this whole conversation or you missed our last segment, subscribe to our podcast. And I've been telling everybody and leave a review. It and helps us out. You, you careful what you ask for. <laughs> oh, I know <laughs> exactly. I'm going to leave a good review because okay. I listen to the podcast all the time. <laughs> Please do. And it's not for you can't do it everywhere. Um, it's not on the Cairo radio app. But if you do Spotify or iTunes or or Stitcher. That's the one, right? I, I've yet to check out Stitcher. Uh, you can leave a review. Okay, still ahead, we've got Matt Markovich joining us. Every time he comes in and talks about uh, some bill in Olympia, we get all heated about that. So we're going to talk, we're going to try to clarify a few things about the lewd law. And then we're also going to be talking, Kate Stone's going to join us, and she's going to be talking about this proposal to allow cities and counties to raise property taxes. Without voter approval, you're going to have to stick around for that. This is the Gene Ursula Show.